1: Welcome to the Terrible Podcast, Season 13, Episode 63. He stayed Brian. I'm Alex Kazora, Steelersdepot.com. Thanks for being back with us here this Monday. Steelers Nation, this victory. Monday's a Pittsburgh Steelers knock off the Carolina Panthers 24-16 on Sunday. Pittsburgh now six and eight on the year and keeping those slim playoff hopes alive. Really, Dave? Just a, a role reversal from the Ravens game. Pittsburgh more physical, ran the ball more effectively. Certainly stopped to run a whole lot better than they did in week number fifteen and or week fourteen, whatever week we're on. So uh, yeah, it was a it was a good win overall.
0: Yeah, week fifteen, and uh, good thing you didn't call me Dave Darnold. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, the, I think the worst part of being a, a bad team this year is getting the CBS C team. Oh. I didn't realize Greg Gumbel seventy six, so I can't yeah. added him. I guess.
0: I know, but either you can do the job or you can't. I mean, it's easy for me to criticize. I don't, I don't, I don't, you know, I'm not in charge of broadcasting a game, uh, uh, nationally on, on, on CBS. And yeah, I mean, I, I know he's done it for a while, but, uh, uh, trying to figure out who Mitch Darnold and, in and, and Ch- Chuba Chuba Howard are. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. It was not great yesterday, Yeah, but the, and, the win him, is all that matters.
0: Yeah. Him and, uh, who is it? Adam Archuleta, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oh, uh, they, they had a rough day for sure. Uh, nowhere close as rough as the Carolina Panthers trying to run the football. I don't think, uh, along those lines here, but, uh, Hey, you know, uh, the bet, the better team won you know, uh, and, and I went into the weekend thinking that the Steelers were, you know, even though the Panthers were favored and all like that, I, I felt that like the Steelers were the better team, uh, top to bottom there. Uh, uh, we, we knew, or at least thought that we knew what the Panthers were going to try to do in this game, which was, uh, where's the beef, you know, uh, throw that Arby's package out there and, and just try to bludgeon the Steelers that way. And, Surprisingly, they they really didn't. I mean, I don't, I don't even know how many times they used the Arby's uh, personnel grouping in there. If they if they did at all, it, it wasn't much. And uh, even though the game was really kind of close for a good portion of it, uh, they just really didn't seem all that committed to trying to run the football.
1: Well, I think they. Had a level of commitment, and and then when they started to get kind of behind in the second half, that that maybe took them out of it. The Arby's thing, it it was a fun wrinkle. It was part of their personality, but I was more concerned about just their regular use of of an offensive lineman at, at fullback or a six offensive lineman attached and things like that, as opposed to the really ultra, ultra heavy stuff. But certainly you just saw a night and day difference in terms of Pittsburgh being more physical, winning the point of attack, linebackers playing better. I mean, team defense is really, it's an 11-man job. It's not just the front. It's not just the down linemen. It's not just one particular group. It's a whole unit-wide thing. And I thought Pittsburgh across the board did well. Of course, the front seven much, much better. And frankly, it was more than just an 11-man job because they used almost the entire team to, to, to get quality snaps, whether that's the Marvin Leal and some four-down looks, whether that's Mark Robbins seeing his first uh, playing time defensively of his career. So it was really the entire team coming together to stop this run.
0: Absolutely. And I guess, you know, when you look at it overall, because of the, the long drive that the Steelers had uh, uh, to open up the second half and all, which we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about here in a little bit here, uh, they didn't really possess, you know, talking about the, the Panthers, they really didn't possess the football much after – in the first half specifically overall. Right. I mean, how many plays do they run uh, in, 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 in the first half is like what 20, I think 21st half plays.
1: It was 43 for the game and two of them came on a pair of 11 play drives. I think one in the first half, one in the second half. So, I mean, Hey, my my charting was pretty easy last night. I'm (laughs) I'm a happy Alex today.
0: You got it done already. Don't you? It's
1: done. Yeah. It was done last night, 43 plays. That is my kind of night.
0: Right. Right. Uh, But uh, yeah, look, and I guess, you know, tacking on what I said there is uh, they didn't fall, fall behind, you know, the two full scores until the Steelers buried that second half drive. And then at that point, I guess pretty much they, it it was, it was about the fourth quarter time. So they did have to kind of start throwing the ball at that point. So kind of this, the situation of the game, the way it flowed, the way the Steelers were able to stop the run, you know, uh, early kind of dictated taking them out of kind of really what they wanted to do
1: sure and, and when, when we say they stopped the run i mean they stopped the run carolina had yeah. 21 yards rushing zero rushing first downs 1.3 yards per carry and i believe you said a long of five yards on the oh, day
0: five yeah a, a long of five and man there's a lot of uh negative one and one and uh try to see if i can Find out what I did with that post there, but yeah, it went negative uh, one, three, negative one, zero, two, negative one, uh, you know, on on like that. I just lost my place here, but uh, uh, longest run was five. Yeah, here we go. Negative one. Well, where it is? Negative one, three, negative one, zero, two, negative one, three, three, four, two, one, five, two, negative one, two, and negative two. So uh quite a job they, they were getting off blocks real well especially early in the game Larry Ogan Joby uh, out of the shoot uh, really had uh, you know a good couple of opening kind of sequences there against the run he looked he looked a lot hel- he looked a lot healthier than he's looked in weeks really to be mm-hmm. honest with you Uh, and you know, they, their, their linebackers were able to play downhill a little bit more and, and, and get in the gaps, but, uh, just a good collective effort early all early on, especially early to shut down the running And, and look, I mean, uh, take away that big explosive play that they had down the left side, which, which, you know, obviously looked like a blown, blown assignment on, 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 on James Pierre's part. Uh, they would have been hard pressed to get, you know, hardly any points in that first half.
1: Let's take it back to Saturday, and because the big question heading into this game was who will start a quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers on Saturday, Kenny Pickett officially ruled out from his doubtful status, and Mitch Trubisky officially named the starter. I take it you weren't terribly surprised by that decision. A, do you agree with the decision, even though it's a little easier to say, I suppose, after the fact, um, and B, did you like the process Pittsburgh took to reach that decision?
0: I mean, I think we both agreed that, that, you know, the, the betting side of the money should be on Trubisky to, to do it. It, it made the most sense. I mean, it, it would have said more about, man, what the hell do they really think about Mitch Trubisky? Uh, you know, as the season winds down, had they, you know, effectively benched him for three interceptions against Baltimore, which I, mean, I you know, what wouldn't have been unheard of, I don't think, but, uh, I mean, the smart, I'm sure the smart money was on Mitch to start, and I—I uh, I, no, I, I wasn't a fan of the process. I mean, at least the way it's been kind of framed, we weren't there to see how the reps were split. They obviously were. Uh, like, make no mistake about it, if Mitch would have come out there and thrown and thrown thrown an you know an interception, a big six or something early in that game, I have a feeling he would have been hooked. Early in this one, I I think they were setting themselves up for just in case they had to hook uh, Mitch in this one. You know, uh, uh, you know, the old explanation about, you know, Mason hasn't really had a lot of first first team reps, you know, throughout throughout the season. Obviously, Uh, it's still Mitch was going to be if Mitch was going to be your starting quarterback, he should have been the starting quarterback throughout practices and all.
1: Right. I guess all's well that ends well. I didn't love the process, wrote about that. Picking Trubisky is fine. Picking Rudolph would have been fine. I wouldn't have been upset about either decision, but splitting the yeah, reps. I, I, this-
0: I said during my terrible take earlier in the week, sure. I said, you know, I, it, it, it quite honestly, it didn't. I wasn't going to get upset either way who they chose there. I was kind of just rooting for Mason just for the sheer fact that, you know, <laughs> these quarterback competitions haven't really been quarterback competitions no. and, and, and all but uh, uh I wasn't going to get my feelings hurt either way who you know whoever they decided uh to start in this game but uh and once again we don't know what goes on behind closed doors there but it just it it didn't look like the process was all that great i mean uh you know either you're going to bench the guy coming out of three interception game or you weren't
1: Right, right. I did like your uh, Forrest Gump gif of Mason Rudolph. The second for agency starts, that dude is leaving so fast.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, he he's out of there, and and you know that's been written for for a while. I still think looking back at this now, uh, and we'll see obviously what how it plays out. The kind of contract that he signs elsewhere, which 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 you know obviously isn't going to be even probably near what Mitch got from from the Steelers this year. Uh, the whole compensatory formula thing, uh, and we'll we'll never know maybe what the best offer that the Steelers got for 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 Mason Rudolph, if any, prior to the trade deadline. I they should have traded him for whatever they could have got for him. I I think at this point.
1: Right, but uh, obviously kept, and we assume we'll never uh, play for the Steelers again, barring something going unforeseen happening these next three weeks, because Kenny Pickett. Not that you would guarantee it, especially on a, on a shorter week, six days, but more likely to return against the Raiders. And if not, then Trubisky, of course, uh, is going to, to start that game again. And so that's the quarterback decision there. And it all worked out. Trubisky played well enough, took care of the football. And that was the most important thing. Miles Jack was upgraded from doubtful to questionable on Saturday, but ultimately was inactive for this game, allowing Mark Robinson to get a helmet for the third time this year. Many people think it's the second time. It is the third time this year. The Bucks, Colts, and now the Panthers game for Robinson, but his first defensive snaps. Uh, new guy, Jonathan Marshall, was also inactive, so needed some time to get up to speed, and that allowed more opportunities for guys like Isaiah Laudemoke and DeMarvin Leal.
0: I was kind of rooting for Jonathan Marshall to get a helmet, get out there, you know, a handful of snaps and all, but uh Uh, That that obviously didn't happen. Uh, It was really, really, you know, when 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 Miles Jack got upgraded to questionable there, I kind of thought that that might be a sign that he I mean, I think we kind of knew at that point it might be a game time decision with him. But uh, and especially with him being limited on Friday after not practicing on Wednesday and Thursday, but uh, they decided to hold him out. So Mark Robinson got the helmet uh, in, 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 in that instance, and at least he got on the field uh, for, for seven snaps in that game. And uh, that, that probably the, 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 uh, uh, the best cracker he's ever had, right? You know, uh, uh, he, boy, he was excited coming off of that field, mm-hmm. uh, after his, his first snap, for sure that he kind of got in, in involved and in, I don't think he got credited for anything on that first tackle, uh, 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 officially there. And in fact, did he even get any,
1: no, not on uh, the box score.
0: Yeah. Nothing in the box score overall there, but, uh, luck. You know, uh, you want to get that guy running around out there to kind of see what you have. And, you know, they had him down there in a couple of goal, you know, inside the red zone situations. So they trusted him there. There were a couple instances where he had to, he had to track some running backs. I think coming out of the backfield, it looked like he uh, did a, did a fine job in there. Uh, I don't think the PFF grades are out yet, but I I wouldn't be surprised to see him have a, you know, a pretty good uh, game score overall for, not making a tackle in a game or not being credited for a tackle in a game.
1: He is all gas, no breaks. Every play getting downhill, but uh, you like the mentality for sure. He was part of that what you would call basically a four-four package: four down, true and blue defensive alignment, and then four linebackers behind. And he was replacing Devin Bush as the other uh, off-ball linebacker opposite Robert Spillane in those packages, mostly against the the biggest and heaviest personnel Carolina had: thirteen personnel. I think it was on that goal line snap, 23 personnel, I think it was one snap of 12. And so a little bit of variation to it. But in those really run heavy type situations, that's when Robinson came in. I thought he and Liao played, you know, key niche roles, neither guy up uh, showing up on the box score. Um, but I thought both guys played well and kind of had just key individual roles, not playing a ton of snaps, but important snaps to accomplish that mission of stopping this Panthers run game, which they did.
0: Right. And, uh, I guess now the question becomes, uh, you know, what happens when, you know, you would think you're, who knows what a groin, I guess, but, uh, uh, you know, Robinson probably going to go, going to probably go back to being inactive this next week, right?
1: Probably. Although we'll have to talk about Marcus Allen and what he did in this game. And will there be any consequences beyond this game for, for that? Uh, we'll talk about that here briefly, but anyway, um, Anything else from a pregame standpoint? I think they no no in-game injuries. Tomlin said they were all clean. Pat Frymuth pretty limited in this game, I think, in part due to that foot injury, in part due to Pittsburgh's run-heavy approach that allows that gentry to play more in this one. But uh, Frymuth, very quiet game for him.
0: Yeah, it was. And uh, they did kind of limit him, uh, as, as, as PFF kind of notes here. Uh, and he was held for, for without a catch for the first time in his NFL career. Hmm. Mm. Uh, he uh, not only did not catch a pass, but he was also held without a target in the game. Uh, third straight week that he's played a reduced role on first and second downs in 11 personnel. So that's pro- uh, these last... Uh, uh, last few weeks, not even you know, uh, missing some eleven personnel kind of snaps as well too. He played fifteen of a possible thirty-three snaps from uh, from that personnel grouping on those downs this week, and Zach Gentry played fifteen, uh, while Connor ha- ha- Hayward handled three of them there. So it uh, makes you kind of wonder maybe how how dinged up he might be at this point.
1: I think that's part of it, but again, I think. With Pittsburgh's really run heavy approach, they were changing some personnel. Miles Boykin was playing in place where Gunnar Wachewski would sometimes play on some of those split flow type runs and in, right. in, in, in those kinds of schemes. And so I think, you know, the combination of Frymuth's injury plus they want a big body blocker like Gentry, with not a great inline blocker, probably is the reason why Frymuth's snap count was was reduced some, but overall getting into this game, let's talk about the Steelers offense. I
0: did real, real quick. I think we mm-hmm. had a, a pretty good block down inside on one of those uh, runs, early runs to the left by Niji So I think okay. he did, uh, uh, did a fairly decent job on, on a couple of those run plays. He's asked to kind of block down inside on.
1: Yeah, he's gotten better, but Gentry, of course, is the the main blocking tight end on this team. But that was the theme of the day. It was run the heck out of the football. 45 rushing attempts in total in this game that ties a Mike Tomlin-era record, and it's the most rushing attempts in a regulation game. That other uh, 45-run rushing game was in overtime back in I think 2010 against Buffalo, I want to say. So Pittsburgh had a very clear game plan. It was not pretty. It was not flashy, but it was effective overall. And I thought... I thought you know this might be a hot take, prisoner of the moment type thing, Dave. I thought Najee Harris maybe had his best game of the season. I know it's not going to be reflective in the stat sheet, but the way he got those hidden yards, the way the Baltimore did in Week 14, we would be uh, would uh, would be second and eight turns into the second and six and third and four instead of third and five and stuff like that. Um, I thought Harris really churned out the tough yards in this game.
0: Well, it's kind of a reversal of kind of what we saw last week, right? The pile moving forward mm-hmm. with bodies falling forward, running backs falling forward uh, at you know at 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 the end of plays this time here. Uh yeah, look, I mean he yeah uh, it was a good game for by both the backs you know, overall, and I think I wrote, uh, pre, pre, uh, game in my keys, high diddle diddle send the running backs up the middle or something, <laughs> on, uh, uh, or gutted out up the gut or something like that. I forget exactly how I termed it there, but, uh, uh, going back and kind of looking at, 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 at throughout the season. And statistically the Panthers haven't been good up the gut, you know, on, 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 runs that are, are deemed, uh, actually right up the middle there. And, it just kind of felt like, you know, the Steelers have had a little bit of strength there as, as as of late in in those kind of runs. And they did run. I'm trying to sort right now to see what they did right up the middle. But they did run good overall, obviously. Uh, and specifically, I think up the middle, they ran really well as well, too. I about got it sorted here. Looks like they had. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 runs, uh, deemed up the middle in this game. The Steelers did. That's quite a few in it. How how many did they have, uh, 40, 45 rushes in the game? Mm -hmm. Uh, and they were gaining along the lines of early, let's see, five, four, nine. Some of these, I think, were short yardage situations here, but uh, overall, they they ran good up the middle. Look, they ran good, especially to the left side, too, early in the game uh, on the outside. But yeah, top to bottom, uh, hats off to the offensive line, hats off to Najee Harris, hats off to Jalen Warren, uh, because it allowed them to possess the football and I thought really second down was was more key to this thing more than anything I don't think the Steelers were all that flashy on first downs first and 10 uh, plays but they really seemed to make up a lot of ground in a lot of these drives especially in the first half on second down plays and Uh, They went on to convert, what was it, something like 12 of, uh, what, 16? Mm -hmm. Third third downs in this game. As Mike Tomlin indicated after the game, you know, uh, you're able to do that when you're in a lot of manageable situations. And how many times did we talk earlier in the season that, man, if if, if this team can stay out of those third and seven, you know, Third, you know, third and six, even third and five, they could get this thing into third and three or, or 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 shorter situations are going to be a lot better. And that was really the case here. I mean, they were they were just clicking off uh, the third down conversions in this game for sure.
1: Yeah, it is really one of their best ever showings on third down. The stats that I had was since 1991, as far back as the stat is reliably tracked. Mm-hmm. Pittsburgh's had 180 games in which they've had 15 or more third down attempts, and this was the best. Uh, conversion percentage percentage they've ever had in any of those 180 games 75 percent, 12 of 16 so a, a really good job that was a lot of short yarded stuff but it also there were a couple third and longs uh, as well as we'll talk about that pittsburgh did a good job converting guillante johnson played a key role in that but certainly a high level commitment to the run game from start to finish harris jalen warren getting his first career touchdown kudos to him Derek watt this third down Ace that Pittsburgh's found in terms of third and one, which is a very Kansas City type thing to do. It's been effective. Uh, it's quarterback sneaks, Trubisky getting a touchdown. It was really all hands on deck. It, it, it's funny, though. The running backs and fullbacks had 36 rushes and they had a long of 10. I mean, so it really was that, as you said, hey, a little Harris up the middle for three, mm-hmm. but you keep getting three and that pile moves forward. You pick up a first down and, and you really possess the ball because of that.
0: Yeah, look, obviously you'd like to see you know, uh, more explosive runs, you know, especially more than, you know, I think technically coaching staffs around the league uh, identify explosive runs of anything of, 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 of 10 yards or longer. Uh, you know, technically it, it, it's a, it's a 20 yard play, but uh, man, even more 10, 10 to 15 more yard, you know, yard runs would be, would make a world of difference. I think in this thing right now, and if there's anything, this team obviously lacks it's explosive play, uh, capability. And what do they have? Uh, three, how many did they have yesterday? Three of them, two of them. I know one of them was run by Sims and that, and how smartly timed was that too, you know, uh, kind of a hurry up after, uh, you know, uh, was it a third and short situation?
1: Mm-hmm. It was third and one Yeah, They think, Carolina expecting the sneak Pittsburgh ran that earlier and it was a good constraint to run the, the end around jet play.
0: Right. I mean, good, good timing on that kind of caught them all flat footed on that. Uh, look at the explosive plays real quick. Here. Pickens
1: had the catch for an explosive. Yeah. Play. They just
0: only had two. They had the Pickens, uh, Pickens catch early down uh, or in the second quarter down the, down the left sideline. Boy, what a grab by, you know, look, you got a guy like that. Uh, You got to give him a chance to make 50. Those are kind of catches that the team was hoping that Chase Claypool would make over and over and over again, Uh, that they obviously, you know, he he did that during his rookie season and then kind of nothing since there. Uh, When you get those one-on-one single high uh, uh, looks like that, my guy versus your guy, uh, I'm going to throw it up and let my guy make the play. Those were the things that they weren't getting with Claypool that they are getting with Pickens. So right, uh, uh, good. he just plucks that ball right out of the air and he kind of holds it out there like a trophy, too, <laughs> <laughs> after he does catch. That's the only thing that kind of concerns me about him is he kind of when he catches it, he kind of presents it like uh, what's that Lion King or whatnot, you know. Uh yeah, oh, holding uh, up Simba. Yeah, holding up Simba mm-hmm. out there. But uh uh boy, he's got real sticky hands, and that was a big play, obviously, in the game there. But yeah, only two explosive plays. Uh uh that play to Pickens and then the Sims 38-yard play. Uh, there was a couple others that were pretty close. The uh third and fourteen uh conversion in the fourth quarter to to Deontay boy, Deontay on the out route. That was the theme of the day, right?
1: And some slants, too. It was beating man coverage over the middle and a couple of nice out routes. They played him on the slot. They've been playing him on the slot more lately, which has been a positive thing uh, for his route tree and just getting some more separation and some freer releases. And he had a big game. I mean, there were a couple of negative plays we'll, that we'll touch on, of course, that people already know about. But 10 for 10, 98 yards, but some really, I don't know how many third down conversions he had. It had to have been three or four at, at least. And he made some big mm-hmm. plays in the second half of that one.
0: Yeah, you actually got a little bit of yak, too. I think I have them down for something like the the team as a total, I think, 65 yards after the catch on what was it, 18 18 completions in the game, Uh, 17 completions. Uh, And I, I have them down for 65 yards after the catch. And 33 of those yards after the catch came from Deontay. Uh, on 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 his 10 total uh, receptions, 10 targets, 10 receptions, 98 yards and right at about his average for the year, what, <laughs> nine, nine point eight yards uh, still hasn't had a touchdown yet, unfortunately for him.
1: Yeah, and just a quick rabbit hole on that stat. He's currently the record holder for most receptions in a year by a wide receiver without a touchdown. That breaks Raymond Berry's mark of 75 back in 1961. The record for any player is 85 by running back James Wilder in the 80s. And so I assume Deontay Johnson will end the year with more than 85 receptions. So to avoid some really uh, notable football history for the wrong reasons, he has to find the end zone the next three weeks. But if he has games the way that he had it Sunday, you take it because it was overall a, a good game for Deontay Johnson.
0: Boy, uh, uh for someone who kind of and you know it's hard that the the complete context can get screwed and all saying, Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing Mason start if <laughs> you go back and look at the the history, you know, of uh, uh, Mason had fed, you know, Deontay to, uh, if you just look just at Mason's targets in the limited time that he's played over the years, Deontay's been heavily involved in that. You know, uh, so no wonder he's probably saying, and then the whole thing going back to what week, 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 you know, the game against the jets, uh, uh, and, and, and you know, the brouhaha, whatever happened in the locker room with Trubisky would, uh, I tell you what, Deontay Johnson is probably gonna, uh, ha- has Mitch Trubisky back on the Christmas card list right now. Yeah, uh, I think so. Uh, I mean, you look at how these targets were spread around and how the receptions specifically were spread around. You know, 17 uh, balls were caught from Trubisky in this game. Johnson had 10 and no other player had more than two or only one other player really had, had two. And that was Pickens. The rest of them were split between uh, what was it? Uh, Five different receivers in there. So uh, it was Deontay Johnson day uh, for sure. I mean, you hate to see him live, you know, there's not going to be that that many yak opportunities when you're, when you're running those outs, but when, when Deontay can get open as an interesting thing, what they did in coverage as well too, right? They, uh, they opened up the game with, uh, oh, who was the first round? A horn, I mm-hmm. think, uh, on on Deonte. And I think what happened is I think they had one of their other corners go out injured. Henderson. Uh, yeah, Henderson, and and that kind of uh, uh, caused them to, to, to switch some things up, I think throughout the rest of the game there, but uh, man, the separation and, you know, our own Tyler White's had a film room on this this past week as well too. And I know Deontay Johnson's a dirty word and uh, probably is it probably can't even say it on this podcast, right. Without having to tag it, uh, 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 you know, adult content or something, but, the guy gets open and, and always has. And uh title wise did a great job in the film room of pointing that out this, this, this past week. And uh, he, he was getting open again on Sunday.
1: Yeah. I mean, he can beat man coverage one V one. He knows how to separate. He understands the nuances of route running and getting in corners, blind spots and setting up routes and stems. I mean, it's just, he, he's a really good separator. The metrics show that and the tape shows that as well. And so it was good to see him have a, a good game the taunting call, obviously that one could have hurt. And luckily Pittsburgh overcame that, but on the margins, again, totality wise, Johnson played a, a key role um, overall, but especially on some of those third downs.
0: Yeah. Look, I, I mean, it, there's no other way to describe what, what he and Marcus Allen did in this game. I mean, just silly, stupid stuff, the type of stuff that the way the Steelers like to play these games can get you beat, man, you know, uh, I mean, you, you, you if, if they kill – if that drive gets killed there, and it very well could have uh, with Deontay Johnson in, in, in that moment, I mean, and if the Steelers go on to somehow manage to lose that game, that's a huge, huge talking point. And it already is. Here we are talking about mm-hmm. it. We're going to talk about Marcus Allen as well too. Those kind of things, especially the as, as dead solid perfect as the Steelers – need to play to win these games can get you beat. And luckily they were able to overcome, you know, that, and boy, Mike common had quite the conversation on the sideline there, uh, uh, with Deontay Johnson for sure
1: yeah i mean it was luckily that was over overcome and then marcus allen directly led carolina to three points and fortunately that ultimately did not hurt this team this this team has no margin for error in turning the football over and committing those penalties they were too penalized overall in this game seven for 81 yards that's not really conducive generally to their success enough to win on sunday not a model you want to carry going forward but um yeah not smart plays but at least for Deontay, he made enough positive plays to probably outweigh that negative play and of course pittsburgh Getting in the end zone makes you feel better that it didn't ultimately hurt Pittsburgh's uh, result on that play.
0: Right, and and it very those are kind of things that stall drives, right? <laughs> oh
1: yeah, yeah. Usually they do. I mean, uh, 100%. especially with a
0: team struggling, you kind of struggling as of late in the red zone up until yesterday, you know, uh, but they, they were able to overcome it.
1: Yeah, 3-3 three three in the red zone. Huge stat. We talked about that so much, how middling this team has been 50% in the red zone this year, how many times that's cost this team this season. Uh, to be 3-3 three of three, to finish drives off, I don't care who the opponent is. Carolina does not have a great defense, but it's still it's not terrible. And to finish those drives off, though, are really important. But you have to shout out the offense line, as you did. I thought what you mentioned is the subject of my terrible take today. What, what Dan Moore and Kevin Dotson did early in this game, left side, really key. At their best, Moore and Dotson are pretty strong run blockers. And they certainly showed that Harris loving to run uh, off left side there on that touchdown included. And so I know that those guys have gotten a lot of grief this year, more in Dotson, from myself included, but that both those guys watching it live played well, especially in the run game.
0: Absolutely. They did. And especially early a couple of those runs over to that side and even Mason Cole on the who hoof a little bit. Uh, it's so hard to tell obviously, and, 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 and the all 22 hasn't dropped yet. It'll drop here probably in the next hour. So, uh, at least we hope, uh, it felt like Mason Cole had a pretty damn good game as well, too. Uh, 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 a couple times early, I think they pulling him, moving him out in space a little bit, bit as well, too. But uh, uh, just talked even in pass protection. And look, I know Chukwuma finally got bit by Brian Burns later on in the game. Uh, uh, that got he got long long armed by him. And uh, but I thought for the most, there were a couple of times I thought Dan Moore was going to get called for for a hole in some pass protection, but at the last minute, he pulls his hands up mm-hmm. a couple of times. I think you'll see that in the, uh, in the all 22 tape as well, too. But look, this is, this is who they kind of thought that they wanted to be throughout this season, right?
1: Yeah, they wanted to be a team that controlled the game on the ground. That was that was run first or departure from the Ben error when you could run everything through him. The offense was not going to be centered and running through Nashi Harris. And that's been split more than probably the team anticipated. It's really now a committee with Warren and Harris. You've seen some Benny Snell at times this year, Uh, but take care of the football. Um, Take a couple of shot plays, convert, finish drives. That's been their mission.
0: I had to check the rules. Uh, Twelve play. Uh, touchdown drive to open things up followed by a 10 play touchdown drive back-to-back opening uh, possession touchdown drives for the Steelers. It's it's been, you know, they change these rules all the time. I had to make sure that that's legal Uh, Mm -hmm. and it it is indeed legal. And it's been a little while since that's happened too, right?
1: Yep. Week six of 2020. Last time they had touchdowns on their first two drives. And uh, that was a a great start and you wanted to create some margin that, not that it was going to get Carolina out of their game plan that early, but it would start to put some pressure on. And to the Panthers' credit, they had early past game success, but just setting the tone early of creating some space there and always forcing Carolina to play from behind.
0: Here you go, stat boy. Uh,
1: <laughs>
0: B-O- Boi
1: uh, oh, oh, that's that's way too cool <laughs> for me. I'm definitely b o y.
0: How many times in Ben Roethlisberger's career did The offense go opening possession back to back, you know, back to back touchdowns like that.
1: I have no idea. I'm sure many, just given the volume of it all, I I couldn't give you a number though.
0: Okay. Look, look, look that one up, stat boy. Oh,
1: man. That's going to take a while to do because, yeah, I got to go through drives manually, but, but we'll see. Oh,
0: well, you can't. Yeah, I guess you, there's no
1: way to, yeah, it's a little, maybe there's a better way to do it, but the way that I was doing it was, be having to kind of anyway we'll, we'll, we'll see we'll as
0: see. good as pro football reference is and, and boy it it, it it once you once you master those drop down windows you can kind of get around this thing but trying to master all those windows uh at first especially after this most recent change that they did uh you can get around to find almost anything you can uh, or w- want to find but but it always still seems like man i wish they had this one other thing that i could sort by you know, uh, we, we, maybe during the off season, we can make some recommendations to them or whatnot, but uh, I mean, I guess
1: it's not anyway, no one cares about how I was searching it. It probably wouldn't take me too long, I guess, but, um, yeah, just, just great to see that yesterday. That that's for sure. Would you
0: you think that's over or under 10 over 10 over 10 times back to back, uh, offensive possession touchdowns.
1: I would guess over. Okay. But now I, now I have to look it up just to see who's <laughs> right. Cause I feel like you're taking the under.
0: I feel like I want to take the under in that. Okay. So for some reason I might be, I don't end up, I don't know. T- 10 just kind of jumps in my mind. I want the 10 or 10 and under. I, I don't know why, but it just feels like, and it might end up being 30. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Ben played for a long time. That's less than one a season Far less than one a season.
0: Okay. May, may, maybe it has happened uh, more than I think. Uh, Look that up, stat boy.
1: All right. I'll look it up. Some other stats for you guys. I mean, if you want to know if the Steelers are going to win a game, look at turnovers and look at the first quarter score. Pittsburgh is now six and one when they do not turn the football over. They are 0 and seven when they turn the ball over at all. Again, not talking turnover differential, just plain old turnovers. And they are what now? 6 and 0 when leading after the first quarter and 0 and 8 when they do not. And so that's a very clear line there between first quarter success and the overall outcome.
0: And evidently, twenty-one play drives are allowed for touchdowns as well, too. What a sight that was! Uh, and so many things. And and uh, uh, Guy Fieri, <laughs> uh, uh open up the uh, open up the cookbook on SteedersDepot.com Depot uh, dot com this morning to to kind of show you what all it kind of takes for such a drive to happen. And you know, technically I think it was ninety-one net yards, but when you throw in the uh the bonehead penalty uh from from uh from Deontay Johnson in there, hundred and six yards <laughs> he had to had to kind of travel uh on 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 this drive. And uh it's not something that you're gonna make a habit out of doing but at, 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 at least man, I mean no two ways about it. I, in the NFL, to put together a 21-play touchdown drive is, is, is quite something.
1: Yeah, talk about things not on the bingo card heading into this game. I mean, it's just rare for the NFL in general. Only these seven such 21-plus play drives since 2001, the first that Pittsburgh's had since at least then. Uh, I think it's been even longer since they've actually had uh, a such drive like that. 21 plays, but yeah, to, to get to that length, usually you need... You can't have an explosive play. You, you usually you got to have some penalties to kind of force you to double back and and, and, and retrace your steps. Um, but that was a heck of a drive. It was literally almost the entire third quarter. They hold on to the football. And so that is something that you're not going to see for a long time.
0: 11 minutes, 43 seconds of uh, 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 possession time in there. And they only possessed the football, what, one time, uh, I think, in, in 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 the third quarter, right?
1: Yeah, they were only like Sixteen total possessions in this whole game. I think it'd be fifteen if you can exclude some of the end of half, you know, end of game type stuff. I mean, I don't know about you, but in this game.
0: but I was able to fly through the TV tape <laughs> last night. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's a. Uh, how long did that game actually last? What's the actual uh, game book on the amount of time? Two hours and fifty two seconds. I mean, that is wow. a that is a breeze. That is a quick game.
0: Two hours what?
1: Two fifty two. Two hours fifty two minutes. I okay, said seconds. I thought, yeah, I thought yeah. you said
0: seconds. Okay.
1: Anyway, that, that's that, it that's, felt like that's that.
0: quick. That That's quick for today's NFL, for sure.
1: For sure. So that was a great drive of consistently running the ball, converting on third down. And that had one of those early third and long conversions. Third and nine to Deontay Johnson early in that drive. A good conversion there. And so while a lot of Pittsburgh's third and third down conversions to be 12 or 16 were the third and short variety, including a third and one Derek Watt dive on that drive. You had a couple of third and long plays as well um, that were really critical.
0: I think what Mitch opened up something like six for six or seven for seven, right. Something like that. Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, not asking him to do too much really was more of a game manager, but he, he did have some key third down passes in this game to convert some of these longer, longer distances. So, uh, uh, that was, uh, really, really if you want to, if you want to, uh, earmark something that he, that he, You know, really stuck out about him in this game. It was a couple of those third down conversions.
1: Yeah, he was smart with the football. He knew where to go with it. You know, found the right matchups, was accurate, took care of the football ultimately, and you do those things. You run the ball well enough. You convert on third downs. You finish drives in the red zone. You're going to win games. Right. Any other thoughts here for the Steelers offense?
0: Not just man. I really like that balance that they're using between this is the way it it, it needs to be moving forward with with Najee Harris, and Jalen Warren. It what really, was the snap
1: count on both those guys in terms of snap share 30,
0: 34 uh,
1: percent for Warren.
0: It looks like uh, totality. There were 68 kind of offensive plays in this game, 45 for Najee and 23. So, yeah, 66 percent versus 34 percent that it really felt uh, right in that game. Cause look, Jalen Warren, he could stay on. He's not just a special back. I mean, a special down back, you know, third down kind of back. You can have Mm -hmm. him out there in any situation. And I mean, quite honestly, and Najee, you know, obviously has his moments where his pass protection is very, very good. But I think on a down for down basis, I think, Joe, i think warren is the better pass protector uh quite more consistent how's that more consistent pass protector uh jaylen warren but uh that kind of stuff will save the wear and tear on Naji, right. uh in, in 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 the game and you know he obviously i don't think has an ego where he feels like he's got to be out there 100 of the snaps and get 100 of the carries on top of it but that really feels like the the sweet spot when it comes to divvying, divvying up the work between those two backs.
1: Sure. Two-thirds for Harris, two-thirds for Harris, I should say, one third for Warren. Now Warren, again, as you said, plays most of those pass down snaps. I don't know what the early down snap share looked like, maybe eighty-twenty in Harris's favor. I'm not quite sure, but a good way to keep both guys fresh, both guys active and involved. And um, yeah, it was it was a good pairing overall in a day where you're gonna run the ball. 45 times.
0: Yeah, look, Warren seems very comfortable with that role at this point. Najee does, and two of them look like It seem like they get along. Uh, it, it, everything about it with this kind of the, the, the snap split and, and, and the touch split really felt right in that game.
1: Yeah, and it's just, it, it's fun to watch both guys. Harris, you know, to go back to your, here's where you're going to say fungibility. You have Harris, the first round guy, the pedigree guy, the big high school prospect coming out. Could have gone to any school he wants to. Goes to Alabama, a really good player. But then Jalen Warren, uh, Snow College, total unknown. Utah State, Oklahoma State, undrafted for agent. Both those guys working together. Good teammates, selfless players. You love to see it. Right. All right, let's look over to the Pittsburgh Steelers defense. And again, the focus here is on stopping the run. Now, as you said, Carolina, and, and going through my charting kind of reflects this, they weren't as heavy in this game as they probably had been. I'm guessing they were trying to mix things up and counter, Been anticipating the Pittsburgh would be preparing for an ultra heavy six, seven, eight offensive linemen approach from Carolina. A little less so of that in this game. Game circumstance certainly impacting that as well. But regardless of what Carolina did, pittsburgh stopping the run playing assignment sound football tackling well being physical all the things they did not do uh enough of in that week 14 loss to baltimore
0: yeah getting off blocks man for sure and uh especially against uh you know uh uh you know s- some of these early runs which kind of set the tone in this thing and as we kind of said at the top of the show here they really didn't have you know they, they never could get any rhythm going on their running game that would allow them to, all right, here it is, you know, try, try to stop it. Cause once again, you get into the third quarter, the Steeders ate up all the third quarter and then got a touchdown on that drive. And they turn around there, their what was it? 21 to, what was it? 21 to seven at that point. Right.
1: I uh, believe so. Yes.
0: Yeah. 21 to seven in the third quarter. So uh, that, you do feel the urgency at that point to kind of, well, we, we, we can't sit here and kind of uh, pound a run. So uh, what, what they did, it, it was a hand in hand kind of thing here, what they did offensively and defensively in the first half of this game really, because you remember, get, go back to the Falcons game, right. It was still kind of close. And then the Falcons kind of uh, uh, remembered who they were and the game was close enough that uh, they were able to, to, to kind of make a run of it there. The, mm-hmm. the, the Panthers uh, by the time they got the ball back in the third quarter, they had to start scoring. You know, they had to start pushing the football down the field more.
1: Right, took them out of their game plan. And while they had some pass game success, Carolina is not going to be able to pass first and win virtually any game this season. They have to run the football. They have to keep it close. It's got to be tight game within the last five minutes. That's how they win their games. And so while they had success early to tie that game up in in the first half and and, and made some plays later in the game, it's not a sustainable model. It's not their game plan. It forced them to play left handed, play. Uh, the opposite of how they they want to play, how they win. And that was obviously key.
0: Yeah, look, I think early the, the most concerning things here uh with this defense was a couple of there's what a third and thirteen and a third and eleven, I think, that they allowed conversions on. And right. And the
1: touchdown was a third and goal.
0: Right. Uh those if there's anything concerning to come out of this thing on a defensive side of the ball, it would have been because the and I wrote about this in my keys as well, too. And I think at some point during the week, I think maybe you highlighted uh, 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 the Panthers in third down. I'm trying to pull up what, what it was specifically they, third
1: and seven plus. They were the worst in football.
0: I, I drilled it down even 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 uh, more than that. I went uh, for the entire season. The Panthers offense had and this was prior to the game, had been uh, uh, bad on third and longs when dropping back to pass. I I centered mine around dropping back to pass, okay? Uh, They had 73 third-down dropbacks when six or more yards were needed, and they had converted just 13.7% of those uh, uh, heading into this game. And in the two games that Darnold had played up until yesterday, uh, the Panthers' offense had even been worse when passing on third down and six uh, and and more. As the unit had converted just twelve point five percent on eight dropbacks overall. So, uh, you know, look, you, you, the whole goal in any game is try to get the opposing quarterback in you know third and long situations here. But uh, and and they they were able to do that in this game. They just they they gave up a couple conversions in this game that they probably shouldn't have.
1: Yeah, and one of the first was that touchdown to uh, Terrace Marshall th- down the left side. And Boy, what a the play by Darnold on that one.
0: Oh.
1: Yeah, but I mean, how does James Pierre not carry that vertically? Edmonds has the flat, so I didn't even know what Pierre was thinking on that play. It's not like there was a chance he could have been the flat defender, in the in too, and they're playing cover two and a safety. Oh, I was talking about that the, the
0: touchdown. What a, what oh, player, yeah, the, the, the touchdown. touchdown.
1: Yeah, it was a good play for sure. Uh, under pressure, rolling to his right. But that that touchdown to uh, or the 40 uh, the yard completion, the Marshall left side. Uh, I don't know what Pierre's doing. And Pierre's got a – he's a talented player physically. It's just some of that above-the-neck situational type stuff that, that leaves you a little frustrated.
0: You know, right after that, though, they showed the shot on the, on, on, on the sideline of the DBs all together, and mm-hmm. it, it really looks like Pierre thought they were going to be in something else, I think.
1: Right. He had to have been because he's playing the flat. Edmonds has the flat. So there was miscommunication, but – that's still a problem,
0: right? Course. Right. I he's probably thinking probably probably going to be covered too or something. I guess probably uh, in 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 that situation there. So those those kind of things that get you beat.
1: Yeah, the corners overall weren't very good. They didn't have a chance to make many plays, but they did not really make many plays in this one. Um, whether that's Pierre or Cam Sutton called for DPI that um, you know a lot of points later in that game. So. You know, not not their best day in the world for this. I I thought some of the short stuff, blowing up some of those RPO bubbles. Millett Sutton did a nice job there, but vertically that was an issue.
0: All right, uh, Edge Rusher. Well, I mean, look, the whole front was able to get after things for them for the most part. There, boy Hayward was having a fun time with both the center and 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 the left guard in this game, driving them back. Uh, Really looked good to see him back doing those kind of things there. Uh, Watt, uh, obviously. Uh, now, he, he uh, what is he, the third fastest player in, what, 75 games? what What's the official stat on that?
1: Third fastest to reach 75 sacks. I believe okay. it was 83, 84 games, whatever it is for, for Watts. So the only players to do it faster than he has are Reggie White and older brother, J.J. Watts. You don't
0: think J.J. will let him know that he got him by one game on that, right?
1: That may come up during the holiday get-together.
0: Okay, I, I, I imagine that might uh <laughs> good <laughs> good to see him get that nice rush on that one. Alex Highsmith continues to play football.
1: yeah, it was it was a homecoming for him and oak and Joby, probably a little extra motivation for those guys to to ball out in their hometown. and uh I mean, you had the 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 funny Twitter quip. I, I gotta get the gifts together of it because it happened twice in this game. The spin that he has. I, I don't want to be hyperbolic, but it might be the best move in football. The best individual pass rush move in football, that inside spin is just. It works so much, and, and he does it, it. It works so well in part due to the actual effectiveness of the move, but the way he sets it up, the way that he plans it, uses it only in in certain situations. You know, third down, key moments. He'll set it up with the bull rush, outside rush, and then counter with the spin. So it's the plan and the actual move. Good luck, left tackles.
0: Absolutely, and uh, that's a pretty talented kid over there. He was going up against.
1: Yeah, Kwanu, first-round pick, but got him twice. It was on the sack that he had, and then that uh, third-and-goal pressure, the third-and-goal sack that actually was given to Hayward and Watt. It was the initial pressure with Highsmith spinning inside. And so, at least twice in that game, that, that spin worked to, to really good results. Right. Um, but, yeah, the pass rush. Well,
0: I hope he makes it. Uh, I, he, he might not because of the, you know, popularity contest and because of where the Steelers are and the standings and all, but – uh, man, he's, uh, he's pretty deserving of, 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 a pro bowl vote at least or two.
1: Yeah, I would say so. And again, it was nice to see him have success against, uh, I don't know. It, it's still early in his career, but a Quan you know, I call him a good left tackle. And so you know, some of the games he's had this year, Highsmith, uh, they've been against some lesser, some backup tackles, and you want to just see him do it against some higher end, more known guys and to see that, uh, was encouraging.
0: I tell you I don't know if it if you could officially term this the the turning point of the game and obviously don't want to influence Tyler wise in his great weekly article that he puts out on the site concerning that uh, but at the time and this was uh, uh, after way after I think it was a series after the bonehead penalty by uh, by uh, by Marcus Allen but it, it was in the fourth quarter there. Uh, seven left in the game, the Panthers driving second and two on, on the Steelers two, it just felt at the time, like, man, they're going to bury this drive for a touchdown. And we're going to sit here, you know, uh, uh, sweating it out, you know, the, 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 rest of the way there, uh, that, uh, that tackle for loss for one yard by Alex Highsmith Man, that, it, it just it felt like a huge, huge play at the time, and, and obviously even bigger because on the next play was uh, was the Hayward and Watt split sack.
1: Yeah, I was watching going through the defensive charting last night. That whole goal line stand, it's first and goal at what, the three, I think it was, Four. for Carolina? Four? You said what you said? Okay. Uh, they get the first down run stop, second down run stop, third down sack. That whole sequence of plays there, it's 21-10 allowed touchdown there it's you know obviously a, a field goal made it a one possession game still but 21 13 versus 21 17 or 21 18 huge difference and so i thought all three plays but even the first down stop all, all really important
0: right
1: um any other thoughts here defensively make if it's patrick only one tackle for him i believe in this game which because he was playing so deep everyone was packing in the box but that is there a better safety at cutting crossers Ooh. than make if it's patrick I, I i cannot wait for the all 22 of that uh breakup he had. I'm just watching him opposite side uh, kind of flash out of screen, take a great angle of the football and break up that shallow cross on third down. He's done that all year long, with his whole career.
0: Boy, he loves playing. He loves coming forward, doesn't he? Uh, yep. He loves coming forward there. Now, they did get beat on like a cover three beater on the seam. Uh, be interesting to get a good look at that overall. I mean, just sometimes you just get beat by play design versus coverage and all like that, you know, and and, and the ball coming out there, but uh, really, that that was the only kind of suspect I think thing that 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 maybe Minka was involved. And look, I mean, I, you don't need him. You don't need Minka leading the team in tackles. Something's gone wrong if Minka has to uh, ends up with with six, seven, eight, nine tackles in a game.
1: Yeah, that happened against Baltimore. He led a team with eleven, and that means the Baltimore ran for two fifteen. So not mad about that, but you know, Minka's still making plays, even if he had just quote unquote one tackle, and that means as you said that uh, that other guys are making the tackles of minka's not having to make them and they're not getting big long runs because minka's not having to clean things up. So good all around for him. In terms of other negatives, Robert Splain getting beat by Hubbard on that 45 yard completion. You know, just gotta find a more athletic off ball linebacker.
0: Yeah, you do. He's 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 got that kind of as Tyler wise likes to kind of that Elvis Presley pose <laughs> and uh flat footed and you know makes his decision to to, to have change of direction long after the, the back that normally that he's covering makes his decision on kind of that uh, you know, option choice, whatever you want to call it in that situation there. So uh, that's definitely not his special specialty at this point. His uh, his specialty is working downhill, you know?
1: Yeah. But he will continue to be the dime linebacker for reasons that have never been super clear to me, but. That's the role that he's in right now.
0: Arthur um, Millette can sniff out those screens, can he? And Cam Sutton too, for lack of lack of a uh, Cam Sutton had a sniff out, and I think Arthur Millette sniffed uh, out, 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 out a couple of them as well too.
1: Yeah, we noted that in our scouting report. Those RPOs, those package plays where it's powered with a bubble to number two in the flat, and uh, both Millette uh force I think Donald to kind of eat one and throw it into the ground while Sutton had a, a, a breakup that almost resulted in the Millette interception. And so Millette actually we had Millette play over Casey in some of in those run heavy situations. Casey was still the, the in dime situations on third and long obvious pass, but Millette got the nod um again because Caroline actually was playing a bit more eleven personnel than than I expected. Mm-hmm. Any other any other thoughts here uh, defensively in this game?
0: Uh, I thought Bush played okay in this one. Yeah, I
1: thought the whole front seven did a good job. I don't think anyone was weak in this game when you pulled Carolina to to next to, not, to nothing right, on the ground.
0: Right. Uh, you know, you you you, the what the, the the touchdown. Levi Wallace was all. Uh, I, I didn't think it was a touchdown uh, an initial view. And, in fact, I think there's a shadow of the football or something over to the side uh, over there. I, I thought it was incomplete, to be quite honest with you, but, you know, until you know, half a second uh, later that, that they ruled it. But even after they ruled it, I kind of wondered, man, how the, how the heck was he able to get in? So, nice, you know, once again, sometimes you get beat. It was a good play by Darnold, good play by the receiver uh, in the front corner of the end zone on that one.
1: Yeah, I thought that was incomplete because I saw what ended up being the ref's hat that he threw down. Is the that receiver. what it, Maybe it that's was. what
0: I saw. Okay. Yeah,
1: the, the receiver behind Moore stepped out and saw okay. the ref threw his hat and when the play happened, I thought, I thought, it, was, that was I thought football. it was the
0: ball. Okay. I that, thought that, so too. That's what I thought there.
1: Yeah, that's what happened there. But um, Moore was in bounds the whole way. Just a nice play uh, by them. Uh, so that wraps up, I think, the defense. So let's talk special teams. Chris Boswell, good from 50. Don't take those 50 yards from granted. Just Just a quick note on that one, though. The play before that third down is third and six. Najee Harris, there was penetration. Carolina selling out against the run. That could have been a two-yard loss. Najee turns that into a one-yard game. and so it's a fifty-yarder as opposed to a fifty-three-yarder. Those are the hidden yards that I think about when I when I say that Harris may have had his best game or one of his best games, just churning out the yardage that does not always show up on the stat sheet. But big difference between fifty and fifty-three in the NFL.
0: Right. And everybody knows it. Everybody knew. Everybody everybody knew they were going to run that situation there.
1: Yeah, and so for Harris to just avoid a negative play there, get a yard, make it a bit easier for Boswell in a 21-13 game. If you miss that, Carolina's going to get really good field position. I just think one of those underrated plays that won't get remembered, but I think the coaches will see that.
0: All right, fair enough. Marcus Allen, let's talk about Marcus Allen real quick.
1: Everybody waiting for Marcus Allen. I mean, it's just, what else can you say? It is the dumbest penalty you're ever going to see a player make. It's uh, Cam Hayward gets the sack there, what, early fourth quarter. Pittsburgh getting off the field there's a TV timeout in the middle of all that Marcus Allen on punt team goes over to the Panther sideline to say hello and wish him a merry christmas i guess but uh, probably a bit more than that draws a flag first down for carolina they get 3 points out of it I, it's not even a heat of the moment thing cuz he's actively running the 20 yards to the panther sideline so i don't know what you want to say about that one
0: right it's not like he was on the field and 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 to get off he was coming he's he's actually coming onto the field right you know, and then running
1: over to Carolina, there's no, right. it's like, there's no Panthers jawing him or provoking him. He's just standing there. They're all waiting. And he just trots on over to the Carolina side. The only
0: thing that I can think of is he was just trying to be, being, I guess, and, you know, being a TV timeout and I'm just trying to be a clown, you know,
1: now, mission uh, accomplished for not and, the right reason. He,
0: he did it, you know, uh, uh, exactly. Mission accomplished. I mean, I don't know what he was thinking and, uh, <laughs> I don't know what he was thinking, trying to mouth to himself over on the sideline after it either. You know, Uh, it just, and no, he's not going to get cut because he's enough. At least I don't think he's going to I mean uh, it's not, he obviously doesn't play on defense much. much If any, how many defensive snaps does he even have this year? Any zero. Right. Uh, I mean, firmly a special teams player. Uh, Just hold on, hold on three more weeks. And you might not have to worry about Marcus Allen anymore.
1: Have they lost that game? Maybe a different reaction from the coaching staff and all that. I mean, I think Allen will remain a stealer, um, but I just there's no excuse. There's no explanation for it. The only thing that's good for him is the Patriots said, hold my beer. And they had the worst player of the week, the dumbest player of the week. And so Marcus Allen does not take that crown. Right. I mean, that's a great I didn't see it play live. I just saw Twitter reacting to the end of that one with Jacoby Myers for reasons. that also makes even sense to me throwing that back trying to get it to Mac Jones and Chandler Jones picks it off and, and takes it in the end zone.
0: Yeah. Nice little Jones on Jones crime there. Kind of, kind of sat, sat the quarterback down if you will there. And now, uh, yeah, that was a uh, crazy boy. A lot of, a lot of, Great week to be a football fan or a football fan uh, nice. a, a, as well, too. I mean, just uh, sports, man. Uh, uh, we are so blessed to get to, to sit here in our mom's basements and, and watch it all weekend. A lot of a lot of a lot of entertaining uh, games across the league there.
1: Any other thoughts on special teams? I think that wraps it up. Harvin did have, I think, one pretty last. Did
0: Sims lose that football in the sun?
1: I have no idea. I think I think he thought the ball was going to go further than it did because it landed at the twenty and it felt like he was just letting it. He wasn't even trying to search for it. He was just letting it go. I think he thought it was going to go well over his head when it only went like five yards past him.
0: Well, it hit it at the 20, you know. Right. And look, I know it's the end of the half and and all like that, but you know, may, who knows what, what happens with maybe the first play or two of that drive. And, you know, uh that obviously determines whether or not you're gonna Uh, sit on the football and just try to run the clock out uh i think the panthers really wanted to get the hell out of there at at, at halftime but uh, i'm kind of curious if he lost that i don't know what what it was but i it it, it was quite concerning that you let the ball hit at the 20 yard line like that
1: i'm mostly joking here but maybe it's a a vision problem when he got hit in the eye against Uh. buffalo remember he had that yeah, he at the moment said he like he thought he had a serious eye injury, but I assume that's not the issue. I just he, he's a good player with a ball in his hands. Everything before that has been an adventure this season.
0: Yeah, look, he's, he's good on those on those uh, on occasionally on on those jet runs as well, too. Uh, not so much out of the slot, really, really kind of underwhelming out of the slot. So they're definitely going to have to do something, something there. Uh Not guaranteed a roster spot next year. Let's put it that way.
1: Nope, not at all. All right, Dave, any other thoughts here with this game? Have to note, and I got to pull up the All-22, and uh, the Steelers Twitter very kind to inform me because I didn't even realize this live. I thought about it after the fact. Final kneel down. James Daniels at left guard. I checked that. They actually played musical chairs. Uh, Dan Moore is a right tackle, a core for left tackle, Dawson right guard, Daniels left guard. So the saga of the kneel downs continue.
0: What does it mean? What
1: does it mean? <laughs> it has to be, I, I'm thinking one of two things. One, it's just some big inside joke on the O-line room just to, to mess around on the kneel down. Or or B, I wonder if it's, because I'm sure NFL teams have some advanced analytics and some data that just says how many snaps, you know, each guy's played at each spot on the O-line this year. So they can kind of go back and track things and pair things down and and stuff like that. I wonder if they're trying to mess with the numbers a little bit by forcing some assistant coach to go look up why, what, what snap did James Daniels play left guard? What happened on this play? And they have to just now look at a kneel down that means nothing.
0: Or is there some sort of record where five guys have never played? Well, I mean, they're, surely they're not going to yeah. put anyone at center, right? You
1: well, know? that's the next thing. I mean, Daniels has played center before, so could you argue it? But do you want to mess around with a, a, a snap like that? But that's the last. That's, that, that's, that's, that's my point. I, I,
0: you know, I, I guess if you got in a situation where you're blowing a team out, by 20 something points and and, it was unlikely in a a final kneel down. Yeah. You have someone else, maybe they're trying to toy with all five guys taking snaps at all five different positions. There are only three games left and and they would have, even though they've done a lot, what a lot still needs to happen, you know, for them to even accomplish that.
1: Yeah. Well, it's for Daniels. It's, it's now down to center. And so now we'll see if Mason Cole moves at all. But uh, just something to note there. Anyway, uh, so the win overall. Stuff we
0: spend way too much time on, but it's that's fun. what we do. Uh,
1: Pittsburgh 6-8. and eight. I know you and Matthew were having a deep convo in the DMs last night about playoff scenarios. Do you kind of want to run through just an outline of how things might have to start to look uh, in, in this thing?
0: Boy, uh, I, don't, I don't have enough toes and fingers mm-hmm. and all like that. Uh, I'll tell you this. That Chargers... Chargers beating the Titans sure as hell didn't help yesterday. Uh, you know, obviously the Steelers have to win out. Uh, I think there's something to do that, man, even if the Chargers win one more game, I think it's super hurtful. Uh, they obviously can't. A lot of it's going to have to center around the Chargers and the Dolphins uh, here in these final three weeks. Uh I think even if the Chargers went out, there's a way that the Steelers can get in, but I think it would involve the Dolphins losing all three. There's a, there's a, there's in between scenario. And you know, I haven't even touched the ties. I think the jets have to lose twice or something in there. And obviously I think the Jaguars have to lose at least once in there. It's it's, it's a mess. It, it would be, It would be one of those things that I can't believe all these games went the Steelers way if they wind up getting in. So, I mean, I think the chances are down to what 1% or less than 1% or something like that. So you're saying
1: there's a chance.
0: Yeah. Uh, I, I, if the Steelers beat the Raiders, I don't think they can be eliminated. I don't think I'm not 100% sure on that but I I think is if they win they still manage to stay alive either that or it, it would have to be a very unique scenario of uh, of like four other teams winning for them to uh uh to get eliminated uh, uh you know uh, versus the Raiders there but okay. that I I know this that that Chargers win over the Titans was super hurtful uh overall
1: and so now, I know you're saying the Chargers, even if they win out, Pittsburgh may still have a, a faint path, but you're now rooting for the Colts to beat the Chargers, and the Colts just blew the biggest right. lead in NFL history, so not a place you want to be. Of course, this still means Pittsburgh ha- has to win out themselves, which is a as big a challenge as anything right now, uh, but we'll play on, and... That's all that, that's all you can ask for.
0: And look, I mean, uh, they lost to the Dolphins, the Patriots and the Jets. So you have to finish with with a better record than 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 those three teams for starters.
1: Right. So you're rooting against all three of those teams. Right. So those teams, do the Dolphins yes. and the Patriots play each other. Uh,
0: well, and, and once again, you know, it's or not like teams, the, the, Jets the Jets and all have to lose all three. Right. But where's uh, where's my Where's my spreadsheet? Uh, I got spreadsheets on everything too many spreadsheets uh, <laughs> that,
1: that was the ultimate name of this podcast yeah. too many spreadsheets it yeah i imagine the be. dolphins and jets and patriots are playing each other sometime over these next uh the
0: dolphins games. close out against the jets uh new england plays the Mi- plays miami in, in 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 week 17 uh let's see the jaguars in the jet yeah yeah you want your first focal point here thursday night The Jaguars play the Jets and you have to, I think, hope for a Jaguars win over the Jets. That's that's the first thing that should be on everybody's mind if you are in the corner of you're saying there's a chance.
1: Okay. Yeah, one step at a time. Jaguars beat the Jets Steelers beat the Raiders take it from there that's going to be my right. my mindset because you can drive yourself crazy trying to come up with all these I don't really care about the the playoff scenarios until the final two weeks when it's a bit more settled and there's a little less craziness and less projection until then it's just a lot of a lot of possibility
0: yeah but people want to know those possibilities <laughs> I know
1: uh, you can handle that I mean, I, and I like I like
0: that. looking at them too but there comes a point where it goes man I'm um I'm, I'm I'm close to the padded room already. That that kind of <laughs> stuff is the stuff that ends up uh, 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 putting you there permanently.
1: All right, Dave. Uh, let's get this some reader emails and close out today's show.
0: Oh, uh, let's see here, boy. Lot, once again, a lot of a lot of great uh, a lot of great games across the league. Let's see, mm-hmm. Brandon, Dave. I'm looking forward to hearing from you on the stupidest penalty by Marcus Allen. I think I've ever seen by any team, maybe not that far, but definitely up there. And Deontay, if you believe you didn't see that defender... Uh, that I have some oceanfront property in Arizona, you might be interested. Yeah, look, Brandon, we already addressed uh, at, at, at link both of those penalties by Marcus Allen and Deontay Johnson, so there's really not much more uh, to add there. Uh, Bryce uh, says I tweeted this to to you, Alex, but if the, if I'm the Steelers, I'm paying Alex Highsmith to stay. He's earned a contract as a solid number two, and with the weakness of this inside linebacker core, this defense will need. Need to uh, lock up two so- solid starting edges to compensate for the weaknesses inside unless someone comes and offers him TJ Watt uh, type money. I'm bringing him back. No question. Asked. Look, you know, this off season, technically, technically they don't have to do a damn thing with with Alex Highsmith this off season, but sure. Uh, it sure feels like he needs to be rewarded here.
1: Yeah, it's a good time to get paid when you're going to have a a career season. So I'm sure he's going to go to Pittsburgh now and say, hey, pay me. I just had a great year. He's going to have to play it out and play the franchise tag game and hope he stays healthy in 2023 and those types of things. So you would expect that to be a hot topic come June. We'll see Omar Khan got these deals done a bit earlier than we thought. So, you know, I don't know if it'll be late into August the way that it was under uh, Kevin Colbert, but we'll wait and see.
0: Man, I mean, if you had any like character concerns with this kid or health concerns with this kid, you know, I can maybe say, you know, see them saying, well, let's go one more year here, you know, but I mean, he's, he's, he's just, there's, there's not much not, not to like about him. I mean, he's gotten. He's gotten he's really, really done a great job of turning that corner this year. As you as you said, that spin move might be the one of the better, best or the best spin move in the NFL right now. Uh, especially- I think it might be one
1: of the best moves. And I mean, what what individual move is better than that? Yeah, I mean, I'm there's probably some, you know, what Miles Garrett done, what Michael Parsons has done, but just individually. I, I can't find one that's been more effective.
0: I mean, he's stout. He's become a better even better against the run. Uh I mean, yeah, you could argue, you know, his pressure rate could be better at times and mm-hmm. and, 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 and and all, but I mean, he warrants getting paid. Now, obviously not TJ Watt money and you know, probably not top fifteen money, but I think you really have to have the conversation about top twenty, maybe edge rusher money with him.
1: mean it's at least 20 million right i'm not sure what what the rankings are in terms of the highest paid edge rushers
0: but bud
1: bud got 18 two years ago did that's what i mean with the cap going up it's at least 20
0: you're probably right i mean it's and i i think i think it's very if you don't pay him then who who are you going to pay in these type situations like this you know it, it feels kind of very insulting at this point not to not to pay him.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's no franchise quarterback on the books. You're going to have cap space. You can you know have it set up to be flexible and be whatever whatever you need it to be cap wise, uh, you know, present or future. So I think it'll happen. And in terms of that price, I think it's at least twenty and probably higher than that.
0: And I look, you still have to address position during a draft. Maybe not first round, but you got to get a num a, a better number three in here.
1: Absolutely, I've been. Mean, Beating that drum for a while i think a higher pick than people think i think something like a third rounder would be good just to give yourself really quality depth to protect yourself against injury just given how important those positions are to the steelers defense
0: uh number two from bryce when you watch the steelers defensive line are they more one gapping this year or have they switched to more two gapping? No, they're they're still having heavily one gapping right
1: yeah they're still an aggressive downhill I mean, penetrate it, it,
0: very rarely you see them two gapping any of this stuff. When I he says when I watched them, it doesn't seem like they make a lot of plays behind the line of scrimmage or get a lot of initial penetration off the snap. All the and they had a lot of tackles for loss in this game, Bryce. I don't know what game you was watching here.
1: Yeah, they did a good job. I thought the key was and the key against Baltimore, they failed and you had to make splash plays on early downs to really force the second and long and then the third and long to really make those teams pass. And they didn't do that against Baltimore, against Carolina. They were Even if it's a second and 11 or a second and 10, even if it's not technically a TFL, if you're in second and 10, high chance you're going to be in third and six plus. And that's where you wanted Carolina to be. And that's where they were at for most of the game.
0: Clayton Clauser writes in, I don't have a question, but there was a great hustle play from Cam Hayward that I wanted to point out. Uh, Pittsburgh up 24 13. Carolina has a third and seven from their own 40 with 44 seconds to play. Hayward gets seven yards of penetration up the middle to help flush Darnold out of the pocket. He then starts working down the field and is is even uh, even with the line of scrimmage. When the ball is released, he hustles all the way down to the Pittsburgh 33 and helps Spillane finish the tackle. I I were when that happened, I worried he was going to get one of those, uh, Justin Herbert <laughs> penalties or didn't, didn't he get a penalty for it? Yeah. Uh, you remember when he ran all the way down the field, oh, yeah. uh, uh, and, and kind of landed on, on, on Herbert there, uh, the, the finish of that was, was kind of s- sort of similar there at right after the, after the, uh, uh the guy that caught the passes on the ground there, but you know, point point taken Clayton. Yeah. I mean, he, uh, I mean, Captain Cam really sets a great example when it comes to to to, to chasing after the football there and, and the play that you just are, are talking about there. I remember uh, for sure. And that is a great uh, uh, example of hustle play by Cam late yeah. in the game too.
1: Four, 44 seconds left. It, it, I think it's my favorite trade of Cam Hayward. And there's a lot of good ones, but the hustle, the effort, the fanatical effort that he has that was passed down from Aaron Smith and Brett Kiesel and John Mitchell, of course. I mean, I just think about, you know, Cam on his latest podcast was talking about uh, Super Bowl XL and how important it was to sh- stop Sean Alexander in that game. And Casey Hampton was the first to get the trophy from Dan Rooney. But I remember that uh, Alexander's best run of the day in that game was like 21 yards. And the guy who tackled him way downfield was Aaron Smith. He ran downfield, hustled his butt off to make that play. And I think Cam Hayward has taken that and, and carried that torch unbelievably well and I, I I tweeted about that play yesterday when it happened and I'll, I'll get I'll grab the all 22 clip of that as well just because it really sums up the player that Kim Hayward is
0: all right, good good on you. Uh Todd Gensler writes 12 10 21 and 13. Those are the scoring drives the Steelers had yesterday. I don't see how a team can sustain this as there's way too much margin for error, but with a high, with but with high powered offenses across the board, it certainly is a game plan. Is this going to be our 20 20- uh, 2022-23 Steelers offense. Huge time of possession yesterday for the offense. It gives the defense a chance to reload a bit. Uh, and what is the deal with these Tomlin coach players and their terrible antics, blah 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 shenanigans? A B Claypool act like an idiot, Juju uh, dancing on the logos. The enabler can't be the fixer or the dis- disciplinarian, or am I way off base? This is happening everywhere, and I'm seeing with tainted glasses? Question mark. Look, it it okay? I mean, it you named off all these instances and. Uh, I don't pay attention enough to see how often it happens around the league. It does seem like this kind of stuff does happen more in Pittsburgh. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I, don't, I, I don't know what to tell you here. Todd. I mean, it, it you know, the, the, it needs to stop is what it, what I need to tell you.
1: Yeah, I mean, I just think it's probably true of most teams social media has probably increased some of that stuff a bit tiktok wasn't around in the bill cower days and things like that i understand the point to a to a pretty good extent um to to the first point the the first part of that question was about sustaining drives is that was the concern there
0: yeah and, and my answer to that is <laughs> you like to you know uh, uh look yeah beginning of the season here we would have killed to see. 12, 10, 21, and 13 play drives, and and look, I thought I would get it overall, and and I think to 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 uh, a focal point, it is tough to sustain to constantly game in game out, put these kind of kind of drives together. But within that, man, it's nice to see long drives at the end of games kill clocks for 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 one thing. And uh, how many times earlier in the year have we seen this team? shoot themselves in the foot with an ineligible downfield penalty or a a wide receiver, the the, the stuff that unforced penalties that Alex and I talked about quite a bit, you know, midway point or really, you know, not, not too long ago about that. Uh, I will take a touchdown drive any way I can get it. One play, three plays, 21 plays uh, within that. Now within within that, within that, within that, this team needs more explosive plays, plain and simple. Uh, they, and, they do. And hopefully, you know, as this season winds down, getting into the next season, uh, uh, we see more of that because you're more likely, I don't know what the mat. this might be something for uh, Clayton to to look at during the offseason, you know, uh, how likely are you to score on a drive that includes, you know, an explosive play, you know, at least one explosive play or something like that. You know, uh, I get the gist, Todd, about needing more explosive plays. I could not agree more with you. This team needs more explosive plays. But as Heinz Ward would say, you, you gotta take your hat off and hand it to
1: mm-hmm.
0: hand it to them for for putting together some of these long drives that are finishing in touchdowns now, as opposed to say field goals.
1: And I hadn't looked up the data myself, but I saw the graphic during the broadcast that Pittsburgh leads the NFL in 10-plus play drives. That was drives, curious. I didn't know that. I, I, I think I saw that a couple of weeks ago. Would not have been my first guess or my second guess or my 31st guess about who was leading the league in 10-plus play drives. But Pittsburgh, for this season, apparently, is doing a, a good job of that. Now, again, they got to finish drives and, and points are really all that matters, and there's still – you know, bottom third ranked uh, scoring team in football. But it, it, this is not a one game thing. It's been, I guess, pretty consistent throughout the year.
0: The way this stand, we, we said this right at the start of the season, the way this offense seems to be built and obviously the quarterback, you know, situational like that, uh, they have to do what they did. And, and and the kind of feeling like explosive plays might not be there, at least in, in the first half of the season, they were going to have to be the the 10, 12, 13 play drives without penalties, with running the football, uh, not making red zone mistakes, and then ultimately bury, burying it in, in in the end zone there. Like we said that, you know, when we were talking about the offense just in this in the show, this is kind of who they kind of hope to be during this season offensively. Now, you know, you you want more explosive plays. They've got, if they're going to continue to rely on this mostly shorter passing game, they have got to find a way to get the yak in here. Uh, And that's not going to come on these outs to Deontay or these, as as I broke down, you know, a few weeks ago, these, these, these stop routes or these comebacks or these curls, that's not how you're going to get yak. So during the off season, they have to try to build on what they have now and figure out a way to shot play it more or get the, get the ball in the hands of people that can get yards after the catch. Because they, they, it, it is not sustainable, I don't think, over time, the way they're playing right now, even though they're winning in some of these games that they have won.
1: Quick question to make people mad who are still listening: uh, Matt Canada coming back next year based on the offensive man, It sure
0: feels like it. It does. I, I mean, it sure. I know people don't want to hear it, but we try to be. And you know, I six games into the season, I think my answer was, I don't. I, I'm I'm pretty sure he's gone. But man, it sure does feel like it right now. And I know that's the last thing people want to hear right now.
1: Just making people mad here to to end the uh, the show real quick. Uh, I just I, I, you had me curious. Remember that conversation a bit ago about how many uh, touchdown drives on the first two possessions Pittsburgh had under Ben? I'm doing some very quick math here. Maybe off by by number two. Uh, I'm getting 20 from Pittsburgh in the Ben era.
0: Okay, back to back opening yeah. drive touchdowns.
1: Yeah, it looks like maybe give or take. Just doing it as we're talking here, but I want to say it looks like about 20 they've had they had in in the Ben era.
0: Would you, would you, would I, like I said, my, my my initial thought would have been 10. Would yours have been been higher than 20, even? I don't
1: know if it would have been higher than 20. I would have probably, I am, this is easier to say after the fact, but I probably would have guessed like in the teens was, was okay. probably my thought there. But it looks like 20, but last one was in 2020, did not have one in 2021, and now finally have one in 2020. Maybe,
0: me, maybe, maybe recency bias got me there.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know the breakdown. It felt like it didn't happen a lot in the early days of Ben, but once that offense became Ben's offense in the late 2000s and, and early 2010s, then, then those numbers appear to pick up. Uh,
0: Cube, uh, cornerbacks and DBZ uh, from Nick Shuley, Alex and Dave. Ooh, I like this one. Uh, yeah, you are going to like this one, man. <laughs> I'm going to be lost as lost <laughs> to be on this one. I got to thinking about this today during the game. Who was the last corner the Steelers drafted who made a Pro Bowl? Uh they need a lockdown guy. Bad come April. Uh also a fun one for Alex. Who is your favorite Dragon Ball Z character?
1: Well, that first one's probably harder to answer than the second one. I'm All trying right. to think the last Pro Bowl. Ike Taylor never made a Pro Bowl, right? I don't I don't think Ike ever did. made a Pro Bowl. I mean he was a Pro Bowl caliber player, but because he dropped everything that was thrown his way, he never actually had the uh the stats to get no, never made a Pro Bowl. Uh, that is a really good question. Just trying to think. Is there an obvious name I'm missing right now? It's not not a recent name. Uh, Willie uh, and, and,
0: and, and, and didn't he say uh, drafted?
1: Right. He said drafted. So I'm just trying to think. It wasn't Ike. It wasn't the Shea. I'm trying to think. It just was there a random year where some corner McFadden never made it. Ah, Chad Scott. I mean, it's not, not like Woodson or something, is it? It might end up being Woodson. God, it might be, which is really sad for a lot of reasons. Um, that's a good question. I I can't answer that concretely right now because I'm trying to just search on the fly. But
0: yeah, I'm trying to roll through my head uh, drafted drafted corners. I mean, uh, I don't think it was Chad Scott, right?
1: No, it wasn't Chad Scott. I checked him. Wasn't McFadden. Wasn't Desean. Not anybody recently. Uh, wasn't Ike. Ike. Although I think that's a Pro Bowl level player. But didn't actually make one to the question. So, yeah,
0: going back some years there, then it, it might end up being Woodson, all we <laughs> it was know. just
1: insane. That was eighty seven. Favorite DBZ character. That is. Oh, look, how much time do we have, Dave? We have three uh, hours here to talk about this.
0: who, who who's who, who's the one uh, in in the clip of over nine thousand?
1: Well, there's a lot of people in that clip. It's uh, probably Vegeta who actually says that. Okay. So that like that would
0: genius. be mine.
1: <laughs> okay, because <laughs> of the one scene that you know. I mean, I like them all. I think he's he's kind of the character's kind of been ruined in past years, but I've always liked Piccolo, especially early early day Piccolo. So I'll go with him.
0: Uh, all anyway, lo- anyway. right. Are, are a lot of pe- a lot of people are going to get this right? Yeah, it's a it's an
1: older demographic for this podcast, so I think yeah, maybe thirty percent.
0: All right. Uh, Paul Brown, David Knox, this might be something I may get laughed at, laughed off the podcast for. However, got to take your hat off and hand it to Matt Canada uh, the past few weeks with the offensive output. Sands, Mitch, Bonehead, INTs last week. Is it out of the realm of possibility that Canada keeps this job as OC next year? They've, they've, got, they've had a really good run game and the offensive line seems to be in a bit of a look. Uh, no, I mean, we just, we just talked about it, Paul. Uh, I don't think it's out of the question that Matt Canada is retained uh, this offseason here. I still tell you, and look, you know, everybody's high off of this win and all right now, but I, I, this team's got a lot of work to do during the offseason, Alex, this team oh, yeah. got a lot of work to do and a lot of it's going to be on the defensive side of football. Uh, I still think offensive line probably needs to be addressed during the draft. Uh, a slot receiver needs to be addressed. I think during the draft at some point, uh, as kind of insurance to, uh, to, uh, to, uh, Calvin Austin, uh, they're going to have to be busy in free agency. They're going to have to uh, spend a lot of draft picks on the defensive side of football. I feel, but I, I, there, uh, there has got a lot has got to be ha- got to happen for me to go into next season thinking that the Super Bowl window is open in 2023 for this team.
1: Yeah, I don't expect that to happen. Again, I think as we talked about Friday, you're looking at, can you get back in the playoff conversation, win a playoff game, compete for the North? That's going to be at best the the, the optimistic view of their 2023 season. Super Bowl, I think, will be still far, far away. And just real quick, looking up the list of Pro Bowlers, I do believe the last Pro Bowl corner drafted was uh, Rod Woodson in 1987, who last made a Pro Bowl in Pittsburgh in 1996.
0: Mm-mm-mm. Pretty wild. Uh, I, I'm a lot of you are gonna have to badger the living heck out of me to get this team to take a first round cornerback this year.
1: What's the biggest reason not to?
0: Uh, got to be closer. Gotta, it's got to be in the trenches. it's, okay. it's got to be in the trenches. Uh, either offensive line. Or, or defensive line and, and, and more, more than likely probably defensive line from where I sit right now. Now, look, you've got an, you've got an early second round pick that, you know, will be viewed as a first round pick by, by the time this dust settles, I think at all, maybe that's somewhere, maybe where you can nab, you know, I don't know, Joey Porter Jr. I don't know. I haven't really looked at all this and all, but uh a lot of you are really going to have to work on work on me to get me to say, yeah, you know what, this team needs a first round, uh, uh lockdown cornerback.
1: Yeah, I get that. I mean, it just depends on the board, depends on a lot of variables. I do agree. I think they're going to work inside out. I uh, should note note for anybody who's going to send the angry email: Joe Hayden made the Pro Bowl in nineteen, but he was not drafted by the Steelers. Right, that was the question.
0: Okay. Uh, good point. Good place to end there. I think we got through all the questions there. Uh, let's see. Uh, hopefully we'll have our uh, Vinny, Vin, our buddy Vinny out here in Vegas on, on the podcast this week to talk, uh, Uh, Steelers versus Raiders but we'll have to turn this thing around quickly Mike Tomlin press conference on Tuesday Uh, we will do the usual Wednesday breakdown of the all 22 and recap Mike Tomlin all that kind of stuff so this week will move kind of fast obviously the game Saturday night uh, at Acresure Stadium 50th anniversary of the immaculate reception you'll be hearing a lot about that this week uh, for sure so uh, in uh, in, in the meantime, follow me on Twitter at Steeders Depot. Follow Alex on Twitter at Alex underscore Kazora. Follow the show at Terrible Podcast. Email the show, the terrible at gmail.com. If you like what we do and want to donate to the cause, uh hit the donate button up right, navigational bar. Also, if you want an ad free version of the site, SteedersDepot.com, hit the ad free button up right, navigational bar, and follow the directions that way if you are so inclined. So until Wednesday. As always, thanks for listening to The Terrible Podcast with Dave and Alex.